west side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. A uh, few news headlines from the day. I figure we can start there since it's the first section. Uh, the, there's some breaking news. The Trump campaign is to file a recount in Wisconsin. Uh, the Democrat governor of Pennsylvania has said that you must wear your mask in your home now. Uh, increased lockdowns. Uh, Pope Francis's Instagram account reportedly liked some uh, Instagram model. Uh, very questionable there. Uh, NBA s- superstars. Um, from the Houston Rockets, James Harden and Russell Westbrook demand to be traded because the uh, head of the organization was uh, supposedly a Trump supporter. Um, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court reversed a lower court ruling, which said that uh, the election counters or people, ballot watchers, had to be could be within six feet. The Supreme Court said, well, no, they just have to be allowed to be in the room. Uh, an officer... Black officer resigned after fatally shooting three minorities in five years, and he was apparently shot at by Black Lives Matter in August during protests. Um, Biden supports immediately canceling some student loan debt, which will penalize American taxpayers. And study claims, get this, working from home can lead to an increase in racism and prejudice. (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. Um, GOP chair says a a monitor caught... A 9,626-vote error during DeKalb County hand count audit process and got it fixed before it was filed. This is the third um, major news out of Georgia over the recount. And Biden finally warns that if people don't follow the COVID-19 demands this Thanksgiving, next year will be more of the same. <laughs> oh, golly. That's that's quite the rundown you got there. Yeah, just some of the headlines I saw today that I was like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. Well... I don't know um, if you followed any of the, by the way, uh, thank you for listening today, all you folks up in Virginia, uh, in Mississippi, um, and here in Florida, and up in Georgia. We're glad that you joined us. It's good to be back in the studio this week. Yeah. Um, You know, um, there's a candidate named Raphael Warnock who's running. And he's a minister. He Mm. proclaims to be a minister. You remember what I said yesterday about how many, what percentage of evangelicals have a Christian worldview? Mm -hmm. Uh, He is a mega church pastor up Mm. in that area in Georgia. And he's running against Senator Kelly Loeffler, who is a sitting Republican senator up there. But he said this in an interview. He said that abortion is consistent with his philosophy as a Christian minister. Had you heard that? No. I heard he said something about the military and you can't be a Christian in the military. He, yeah. He does not support any restrictions on abortion huh. and said such a position fits in with his Christian worldview because he's adopted 
the abortion industry narrative that abortion is health care. That's his view. He views that. He says, I believe that health care is a human right, and it's something that the richest nation in the world provides for its citizens. And for me, reproductive justice, key word there, yeah. is consistent with my commitment to that. I believe unequivocally in a woman's right to choose. That is so against the Bible. Yeah. There's just there's no way that floats with the Bible. Not at all. And that the decision is something that we don't want government engaged in. Well, let me ask you a question, uh, Pastor Warnock. Does the government engage in, um, you know, uh, let's say regulating whether you can be uh, killed or not by somebody Mm -hmm. with a deadly weapon for no reason at all? Uh, Does the the government engage in people having to drive a certain speed limit so that they don't endanger other people. Yes. Does the government tell you you have to wear a mask in your home? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) If they think that there's something dangerous, but for some reason when it comes to abortion, they punt on the life of the child and the health of the child for convenience of the mother or the father or both. So I, I, I don't know. I just think, listen to what Tony Dungy said. I love, you know, uh, Tony's great. He said, when you say a minister, does that mean they represent a church? Because I'd like to know what book the candidate uses as their foundation for truth and their guiding principles. It couldn't be the Bible. Mm. That's what Dungy said. Um, yeah, that's. I'm glad he spoke out. Like yeah, that. I, I appreciate Tony Dungy uh, saying that, too. Uh, and it says, you know, that Warnock worked as a sexual health educator oh. and has continued to advocate for reproductive health and rights through his career, standing up for people who face systemic barriers and discrimination. And, you know, people say, well, if you don't allow it, they're just going to do it in back alleys. That's well, ridiculous. That's like saying, you know, we got this problem. These people have these urges really to kill somebody. And, you know, <laughs> know. they want to go kill somebody and someone could fight them back and they could get hurt. So we should set up little areas where, you know, they can go and they can just kill them. Kill, they'll be, you know, people no one cares about. But it, that way it'll be safe. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, also, um, I don't know if you know this, that um, there there is one report, too, that, and this came up during the campaign that uh, – Reverend Warnock and another person who worked at the Douglas Memorial Community Church were accused in court documents of attempting to prevent a state trooper from interviewing counselors at a church camp uh, regarding alleged abuse at the church. He got arrested for that, right? Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, I, I just think it goes back to what I was talking about yesterday, Taylor, that that when you have 6% of professing evangelicals don't have a Christian worldview. I mean, do, right? Only 6% do. Only 6% do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only 6% have. That's You're going to have these kind of pastors, these mm-hmm. kind of ministers, these kind of representatives of the body of Christ. And, you know, uh, today we had SWAT and uh, Brad Sykes taught today on discipleship. And, you know, he, he made the statement, and I thought it was very good, that, you know, when you leave here today, are those notes going to translate into change in your life? Or are they just going to sit on a shelf somewhere? 
Because if the notes that you take or the information that you take in from God's word, either through somebody else teaching or your own reading and, and taking notes, if it doesn't translate into a changed and transformed life, then it's a waste of time. Yeah. Because the whole purpose of getting into God's word is to transform your life. God's word changes you. It goes through you. It doesn't just go into your head and sit there. It's supposed to transform you. Um, so I just think that um, I was just stunned that when you you hear this guy running, I didn't know he was a minister. I, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. But I'd heard what he said about abortion, but I just attributed that to a His, political mm-hmm, thing. Yeah. Know? But as a minister, to me, it's appalling. Yeah. A megachurch. So that means he's got, if it's called a megachurch, yeah. that means he's got a lot of people mm-hmm. in there. So uh, I just think that uh, we need to pray and uh, keep lifting up uh, people to know the truth and people to stand for truth, the truth of God's word, that every life counts. Yeah. Every life is important. The unborn. The unborn, you know, God's word says before you were formed in the womb, he knew us. Mm-hmm. He knew us. And and every birth is a miracle. Yeah. And I've heard story after story of ladies that were raped, that gave mm-hmm. birth to children that end up becoming great servants of the most high God. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, you know, uh, we, we need to stand for life as believers and let our voices be heard in the influence that we have. And we need to pray, pray that more Christian people will stand up for truth. And it maybe includes suffering. Like we talked about earlier this week. I mean, standing apart from the world is certainly going to bring rejection. The -hmm. world isn't going to like it, Uh, but that's what God calls us to do. And, um, you know, Better be prepared for some cancel culture going on for sure. Yeah, especially when it comes to uh, abortion, because that's like a sacrament to um, a worldview that says I can do whatever I want with no consequences. And I mean, it's just not uh, intellectually consistent. You know what I mean? It just, you know, I just had a baby. And to think that someone thinks it would be okay to, you know, right up until the point that they come out of the canal, (laughs) you can kill them. You know, there's people who really believe that. And in the instance in Virginia with the governor, he said, well, you know, if there's a a failed abortion attempt, we'll put the baby, you know, on a table, keep it comfortable and then decide what to do with it. Mm. You know, I mean, that is not a value for life. And if you don't have the 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 belief that that if you don't stay on the truth, that life begins at conception, you know, infanticide and, you know, you know, killing of children up until they're 10 years old is intellectually consistent with your worldview if you don't believe that life starts at conception yeah but anyway we will be back with more after the break you are listening to swat radio stay tuned if you'd like to contact swat radio the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928 that's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you. That was Freedom Hymn by Austin French. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Excuse me. Um, If you are just joining us, we talked, uh, as we do in the first segment of the day on Monday through Wednesdays, about a little bit of the news of the day and um, kind of particularly today as it relates to uh, ministers, uh, people who call themselves ministers, of the gospel having beliefs and worldviews that is uh, antithetical to the gospel. Uh, So that's where we're at. We're going to be talking about Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 14. We've been looking at uh, chapter 13, verses 7 through 14 this week, and we're going to finish up that uh, before we get into Thanksgiving. Well, a couple of things. Um, I I wanted to let our listeners know, uh, one, continue to pray for my mom. And my dad, they're in Mississippi. My mom and dad both have COVID, but I think they're on the downhill slide of that. So uh, just pray for my mom. And uh, uh, one of the guys that we've had on the program before in the past is a missionary over in Africa named Rick Arnold. Mm. And Rick fell off. He was putting up an awning on his roof, and he was about 25 feet up on that roof, Mm. uh, about two and a half stories, and fell and was bleeding from his ear and his head oh. and was really in a bad shape. So they ev- evac'd him out this morning. So just lift up the Arnold family. Rick is a good guy. He's been over there for a long time. Took him 25 years in this Muslim country where he was to get his first convert. Mm. Can you imagine yeah. working 25 years before you see a result, man? I mean, like that. I mean, like yeah. so... Lift up the Arnolds, pray for my mom and dad. And, uh, you know, uh, my mom and dad live in Mississippi, and that's where I grew up. And um, this past week, uh, Governor Reeves, who's the governor over there, um, said, he said, it's fair to say that this last week and a half have been the most difficult of 2020. Uh, And 2020 has been a tough year for everybody, (laughs) right? 
But he said, my two oldest girls have been by themselves in self-isolation since Wednesday after Halloween. My youngest tested positive along with a lot of her classmates and his family difficulties along with all that he faces as a governor have been very painful. And he says, as a result, I wanted to feel sorry for myself. I wanted to focus on the challenges. I wanted to focus on the negative, but he said, but then I prayed. And he said, when I prayed, God put the book of Isaiah on my heart, specifically 4110. This was, um, um, the 40, Isaiah 41 was one of my best friend's favorite passages. It said, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And as a result, the governor wrote, we're going to get through these tough times. We're going to persevere. We're going to come out even stronger. Why? Because God is with us and because he's our strength and refuge. Now, think about that. If we lived in communist China, he'd never be allowed to put that out in a public forum. Yeah. If we lived in North Korea, he would never be allowed to put that out. So as bad as things may seem in a lot of ways, whether you're being required to wear a mask or whether you're being, you know, you're not happy about the election, whatever it is. He put that out in a public forum for millions of people to see on a social media site. And so um, kudos to him for holding up God's word. And we have a, a state leader in Mississippi that did that. And I, I just I thought. I just want to read those words again from Isaiah because I, I think we some of us may need to hear that today. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The God who created the stars in the sky that we see every night, the moon, who created the sun, the trees, the leaves, so intricately designed, the the power of a hurricane, the power of the ocean, the power of the sun. The God who made all that says, fear not, because I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, Taylor, you played football, right? Yeah. So do you remember if you ever went anywhere and you had the lineman with you? You know, you got guys who are about six four, six five. If they're NFL linemen, they're mm. like six eight, three hundred pounds. Yeah. Do you remember that feeling? Uh, you have those guys, and they're your buddies, and they're going with you. If somebody tried to mess with you, what would happen? Those guys <laughs> would step in. Yeah. And I I think we forget that the God of all creation makes any man sized power look puny. You know, I mean, he makes anything that mm-hmm. could protect us here seem trivial. Yeah. Because he's so powerful, and we forget that, that he's with us. He says, don't be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. God wants us to trust him. And when things are hard, he wants us to look to him. And so I think we forget that fact. So I just wanted to remind people today that as we go through our challenges, whether it's cancer, like some of our SWAT brothers are dealing with cancer, whether it's relational struggles, some of our SWAT brothers are dealing with relational struggles within their family, 
whatever it is, our God is bigger. I remember Steve Farrar, who was a guest a couple of weeks ago, did a sermon. Uh, he did a message from Psalm, and he said, if I was going to title this message, I would say, my God is bigger than your God. Ken, in other words, I don't have to fear what you can do to me. I have a God who can take care of me. And anything that causes us to forget that is just a result of the enemy trying to get us to not have faith. Yeah. Because faith is looking to God saying, you know what, God, you can get me through anything, and he can. Uh, There's nothing that God's going to allow us to go through that he won't use for his glory, for his kids. It's what Romans 8, 28 is all about. It says what? He will take everything and make it for the good of those two things who love him and are called according to his purpose. So as we're looking at Hebrews today, we're specifically, we're in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 through 14, but Today, you know, this week we've been looking um, at what it means to stay in our lane. A guy asked me at lunch today, he goes, so what does it mean to stay in your lane? Well, I mean, like, because don't you have to go inside? Like, well, I think the way the track thing works is for staying in your lane is is when you, if you get all out of your lane, initially i think you have a certain amount of time you have to stay in your lane or you're disqualified you can't get over into somebody's lane depends on the race yeah Yeah. it depends on the type of race it is so i'm just using an analogy there of we we don't want to get off track we want to be going where god wants us to and we're talking specifically about the faith race which is like a marathon and god wants us to stay true to the gospel we saw that on monday by imitating the faith of our fathers, remembering the object of our faith doesn't change. It says in verse 8, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And by guarding against false teaching, that's what he says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9 and 10. Remember, he says, don't be led away by diverse and strange teaching, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. And when you've got a pastor, like I just talked about, Raphael Warnock, who says, oh, it's perfectly fine for a woman. It's her choice to choose to kill that baby, and it's well within her right. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's false. That's not what God's word would, would say. Yeah. And so, um, and then Tuesday, um, Tuesday we, we looked at standing apart from the world, verses 11 through 13, being willing to suffer, be willing to be rejected, because faith always separates. And today we're going to focus in on verse 14. Verse 14 is very simple. It's not complicated. It just says, for here we have no lasting city, but we seek the cities that's to come. In other words, we got to seek the home built by God. We don't try to fit in here on earth. We don't try to compromise with what's going on here. I think it's Psalm 90. It says, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we will be wise. We'll have, our, we'll have a heart of wisdom. We, this is not our home. And if we believe this is our home and we live like this is our home, we're really not being a good wit- witness for Jesus Christ. And if you remember those two quotes by seminary professors I read, 
One of them says that stuff said in the Bible by Jesus, attributed to Jesus, really wasn't attributable to Jesus because it was written way after he was here, which is wrong. He didn't understand this, this, you know, just the scripture authority anyway. But the other professor said the cross has to, it leaves us little to be desired because we don't do anything. We have to help Jesus out. And so both these guys got it wrong about Jesus and the cross. Mm-hmm. And my friend Tommy Nelson says, you can be right on everything else and be wrong on Christ and the cross, and you're condemned to God's wrath. Or you can be right on speaking in tongues. You can be right on all these other things. But if you're wrong on Jesus and the cross, you're condemned to hell. But you can be wrong on everything else, how how we should tithe or give our money, how we should operate the church, what what, uh, the church government should look like. But be right on Christ in the cross, and we're going to receive God's mercy, grace, and forgiveness and eternal life. And so that's really our focus. And if you're focused on that, we're, we're understanding that we're not seeking the home built by God. I mean, we're not seeking the home built by the earth. We're seeking the home built by God. So we don't try to fit in here. Do you think fitting in here is a problem with the church today? Yeah. People in the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we try to, we look more like the world than we do like Jesus did. Yeah. So how do we change that? Following Christ, following his example you, and you gotta rejecting follow, the ways of the world. You got to follow Christ. And if you're not following Christ, then um, you're, you're, I mean, he says, follow me. And he wants us to imitate him. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate him. Mm-hmm. So when you think about Christ, do you think about prideful or humble? Humble. Do you think about uh, loving or hateful? Loving. Yeah. Or do those describe us? You know, when we come back, I want to pick up there and talk about some of the characteristics for Christ that we really need to think about that represent that view towards seeking the home built by God. Okay. All right, we will be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsor, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That is Doug at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after the news. Stay tuned. back to SWAT radio that was need to breathe with brother if you are just joining us we have been talking about hebrews chapter 13 verses 7 through 14 this week and we are finishing up um, by looking at verse 14 uh, today 
so if you missed any of that and would like to go back and listen, you can visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Uh, there, In those three places, you'll be able to find this program here in about an hour or so. And you'll be able to find all of our other programs as well if you would like to go back and listen to uh, any of our past programs. Well, um, you know, uh, Taylor, as we think about this home built by God, seeking that home, verse 14, again, he says, for here we have no lasting city. This is all, if you go to Second Peter chapter 3, he says this is all going to burn up. Mm-hmm. Do you live every day like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, when you get up in the morning and you look around, do you think this is temporary? No, nah, it's not something that usually crosses your mind. So what the enemy does is he lulls us into a sense of comfortability Mm -hmm. here. And what we end up doing is think about what we try to do. We nest here, right? We nest. Mm -hmm. We build a nice little nest, and we want to get comfortable. I learned a lesson a long time ago. When when we, Lori and I, we, um, back in... 2000 like 2006 time frame we moved from one city to another and we we didn't sell our house our house didn't sell now here's what's crazy in the neighborhood we lived in there had been no home on the market for more than 30 days in the history of the subdivision oh wow so once a home was put on the market within 30 days it was sold so when we left we didn't think it was going to be a problem 18 months later, our house still hadn't sold. Wow. So we're living in one city, have a home in another city. And I can remember I, w- one time we had a contract and it fell through, and I literally just wanted to cry. I was just so discouraged. But I remember going through that, leaning on the Lord, just like that governor said. I, I looked to him and I, and he moved me to do something and I, it, it was risky, but, and it had a cost involved, but Lori and I lived in six different homes over a 18 month period. Mm. We house sat, oh. we didn't pay a dime of rent, mm. but they were million dollar homes. Every one every home was worth at least one to one and a half million dollars. Wow. And we didn't pay one dime of rent to live in those houses. And when we lived there, it was nice. I mean, we. I mean, most of them had nice pools, mm. um, nice family rooms, nice kitchens, but they weren't ours. Yeah. And the the principle that God taught me through that, and you know, house sitting is that not none of the things that we have are ours. You have to have an open hand, mm. and that applies not only to your possessions, your material possessions. But even your relational possessions. So often we we grab onto relationships, and it's nothing wrong with treasuring a friendship or even a, a, a spousal relationship. Mm-hmm. But if you hold on to that tighter than you hold on to God, yeah, it's idolatry. And or if you hold on to a dream, uh, you hold on to whatever you hold on to. He says, 
in verse 14, he says, for here we have no lasting city. For us, we read the word city, we don't think of it like them, but you know what it meant for the Israelites? A city was a place where they got protection. It was a place where they got um, a provision. And it was a place where they had community. And so all those things were encompassed in a city. So when Jesus says, you are like a city on a hill, when people saw a city, they knew they had protection there. They knew they had provision there. They knew they had community. They wouldn't be alone. Yeah. And so, but for us, we know this is not going to last. And we don't look, now, it doesn't mean you can't appreciate relationships. You can't appreciate material things. It's just saying you don't become comfortable with those, and you don't compromise to have those things. That's where the problem comes in for a lot of believers is they compromise. Do you really believe Raphael Warnock believes deep down in his soul that it's okay to terminate a baby's life? I don't know. If he's if he's a believer, I don't. Oh, there's yeah. no way. Yeah. There's no way. I don't. I don't believe that. Yeah. Because the spirit is not going to allow that. Yeah, but that's if he's a believer. If he's a believer. But what happens is we compromise as God's kids Mm -hmm. a lot of times. Why? Because we try to fit in. Yeah. We try to fit in because we want to maintain control. We want to have those nice things. We want to focus on the city here. But we have no lasting city here. Imagine what life would be like if every day when your head popped off the pillow, you really, really believed, okay, this is temporary. It's not going to last. It's so funny. I remember um, I got this car. All right, so when I had used cars, we always bought used cars, but a friend one time told me, man, you can get a used Lexus really cheap. You just got to look for them right mm. so i never owned a lexus it was it was a nice car it was a es 300 first one i bought was on a used car lot we didn't pay that much for it but it was so nice this little old lady drove it and literally mm. it, it had a hundred thousand miles on it but it looked brand new now i'm going to tell you before that the cars i had the used cars they i didn't mind if they got scratched or anything mm. but this car <laughs> it looked so nice all of a sudden, I found out, man, it really means something. If somebody scratched that, that makes me mad. Yeah. Why is that? Because it's temporary. No, it doesn't mean you should just go scratch stuff up. I'm just saying our attitudes tend to want to hold on to this stuff yeah. and maintain. Everything around us is deteriorating, no matter what it is. And sometimes what we do is instead of um, remembering that and seeking the city that God built. That's what Abraham sought. We go back to Abraham in chapter 11 when it says that Abraham, he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. So it would be like the difference between you getting a car I made and getting a car made by like, let's say Ferrari. Mm. I mean, like, there's no different, no comparison. But see, because this is what we see and we don't see that. That's why it's interesting to me that Paul said, 
he made three trips to heaven in visions and he couldn't write about it. He yeah. couldn't. God did not permit him to write about it. Uh, why? Because nobody else is going to believe what he mm. says, first of all. And second, that's why he gave him a thorn in the flesh. So that's why when people write these books, I went to heaven and, you know, and all this stuff. Yeah. Why Why did God allow them to write it, but not the Paul? Paul wrote half the New Testament. <laughs> why wouldn't he let Paul write about it? Because Paul had a proper understanding of God. He talked about that in so many of his books he knew. So anyway, as we think about this third principle of seeking the home built by God, I think we have to ask ourselves questions as believers is, am I trying to fit in so bad here that I'm compromising? Where am I compromising? And what am I compromising with? Because if we're compromising, we're probably not standing apart from the world. Those two things kind of go together, right? The reason we compromise is we don't want to be alienated from the world. But let me tell you, Christian, if you're listening, brothers and sisters, you're going to be alienated. You're going to be rejected. And that's okay. That's where Jesus was, outside the camp. And so we have to stay true to the gospel. We have to stand apart from from the world. And we have to seek the home built by God. That's really what he's saying in these verses. So what is informing my faith? Is it the pop culture around me, which says, you know what? That's kind of a joke you read in the Bible because that's what the world thinks. Mm -hmm. They think it's a waste of time. And so I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, you know, I think that's a good reminder for, for all of us is that we need to be living as if this isn't our home because, you know, so often, you know, the cares of the, of everyday life kind of gets you forgetting, you know, and I I know for me, sometimes I'll have dreams and and I die in my dream and then I don't wake up like, you know, you die and you wake up. Well, there's been a few times where I don't wake up and I don't, those kind of mess with me. And and so for the (laughs) next, that mess with me because I've never died in my dream. I've always woken up right before I die. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I like die and then it, you're an anomaly. Yeah. And then so like (laughs) it messes with my head. and, And I remember I had a few of those in college and, and I, at the time, I wasn't really living that 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 well uh, for the Lord, and those really shook me. And I started, you know, for a few weeks after those dreams, I'd be be uh, more attentive to what I was doing. But well, well, I think that um, as believers, we're going to give a good testimony of faith in Christ if we look at this world as temporary. But the reality is every day we have so many competing um, influences that Mm -hmm. try to get us to look at this world as the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, C.S. Lewis said, seek Christ, get Christ in the world, seek the world and lose them both. Yeah. All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening here locally. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, 
Then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's on Rescuer by Ren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Um, if you are just joining us, we've been talking about Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 through 14, looking at uh, verse 14 today. Um, if you would like to join the discussion, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. I believe we have a caller on the line, Mark. Uh, from Virginia. Hey, Mark, how Hello. you doing? Thanks for holding. All right. All right. Uh, um, go ahead. I was, is, is, I was going to ask, is there a truth difference between the King James Version versus the New International Version? And uh, what Bible do, do y'all read through when y'all go through Hebrews? Uh, we well, you know, we've been reading through the ESV, uh, the English Standard Version, which is the readability of the NIV with the accuracy of the NAS. Mm. Um, you know, the, there's debates, Mark, about the different versions of the New Testament or the Bible. Um, right. And they've been going on for a long time. In fact, there's a lot of people I've been accused before. <laughs> of of false teaching uh, because I don't use a King James Version only Bible. Oh. But my question to them is, what about before the King James Version of the Bible? 
What about those people? Were they false teachers too? You know, so here's the thing. Uh, If you look at the New King James, uh, now I will say that there have been, there's a difference between a translation of the Bible and a paraphrase of the Bible. Mm. Um, and and so like uh, there's a um the, the message by a guy named eugene peterson is a paraphrase the good news bible is a paraphrase um oh. and so uh there's you know if you th- these are english versions and so uh right now there's about 50 different english versions on the market Okay, uh, that you can go. Is that translations um, and paraphrases together? Yeah, that's all of them. Um, so you go, why do, is there 50? Um, why why is there 50 versions in English? Um, well, first of all, over time, the English language changed. I mm-hmm. mean, back in the 1800s, people said things differently, and people today don't even know what some of those words means, right? So um, if a modern person today picked up a 1611 version of the bible they would be like what is he saying here i don't understand what's what this even means so the spelling the grammar all that stuff changes over time and think about it if you talk to people who are linguists who study language they said that in the past 400 years um that the english uh that wait they said that the English language has changed more in the past 400 years than the Greek language has changed in 2,000 years. Wow. I'm going to say that again. The English language has changed more in the past 400 than the Greek language has changed in the last 2,000. So, um, but, but people get used to a certain type of Bible version because they grow up with it. Mm-hmm. They become rigid yeah. about it. Uh, any, and they, the people, when people try to update it or revise it, no, 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 this is, this is the, this is the true Bible here. Mm. Um, right. and so, um, so, and this has gone on for a while and people become very fiercely loyal to one particular type, uh, because that's what they grew up with. Uh, but when the Bible right. was written, it was written in the common language of the people at that time. And so when it's translated, I believe personally it should be translated into how people in our generation would read it mm-hmm. based on the translation, yeah. not how it was spoke 400 years ago. I mean, this is just me. Yeah. So, and, and so here's the other thing. There's different ways of translating um, and, and, what what we're translating is the original Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek into English. So some Bible versions translate word for word, uh, and that's called a formal equivalence. But some Bible versions translate less literally, and that's kind of a thought for thought method, you know. And so that's kind of, that's known as a dynamic equivalence. And so when you look at all the different English versions. Uh, it's it's basically it comes down is this formal is it word for word or is it thought for thought there's just two different approaches to it um the new american standard and the king james version would be the far end of the formal equivalent side so these are word for word translations right while the living bible and the message 
would be at the far end of the paraphrase or the, mm. the, the thought by thought. So there, the advantage of the formal one is what it does is it minimizes the translate translator inserting his own interpretation in there. They're just telling you what the word said. So it reads a little harder. Um, and uh, so, but the disadvantage of it, it it's, it's very woodenly literal that it's not easily understandable a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It just You're reading it and you're like, wow, that doesn't even sound right the way we would talk. But the advantage of the dynamic, which is, you know, a kind of a thought by thought, is it's going to be much more readable and, and at a, what I would say, a lower grade level readable, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, the most common translations are the King James, the New International Version, the New American, the New King James, the English. Um, you know, I, like I said, the ESV takes the, the dynamic and the, the phrase, and it puts them together in a way that they try to be accurate, but it's readable. Mm. And that's why I personally yeah. like it better. So I don't know if that and, really and- helps. Does that help? I was just curious. I mean, to me, when I looked at it, uh, when you look at all the different ones, it's just the context. Yeah. It's pretty much um, uh, all the same thing. Well, so, well, I, translation is not an exact science. I mean, it's not. I mean, like you're talking about languages of people that lived 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So what we're having to do is study history and study context in other passages of scripture to try to get it. Um, let, let's say, think about this. You know, have you ever heard the phrase break a leg? Somebody is somebody who's an actor. You tell them go break a leg. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that's an idiom. Now try saying that to somebody in another culture. And they're like, why does he want me to break my leg? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just like saying good luck in, in theater talk, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not, really something you really want them to do does that make sense mark can you yeah. hear me yeah i'm, I'm yeah. here yeah, yeah I can hear you. so so what i'm saying is that's an idiom well jesus used idioms in his day and sometimes the jewish people used idioms or they would say things that were phrases they would say there and we take them literally and so that'd be like somebody saying he wants me to break my leg when you tell somebody to go break a leg so sometimes the most literal may not be the most accurate if you don't weigh that cultural context in. So, um, but I will say the King James version is probably the most important book in English language because it's been, that version has been sold more than any other and it's shaped the way English was spoken for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, uh, and most people grew up with it. It has a, a really elegant style and beauty to it. But, again, it, it's like Shakespeare. It has a very Shakespearean language to it. And so, um, uh-huh. but, again, I think that uh, if you take the new international version, the new American standard, and the King James and read them all, they're going to be 99.9% the same. Yeah. Really. Right. I, I mean, and, when you read them. Uh, and Doug, one more question about when the guy said you can't be a Christian in the military. Can we elaborate about that, or was he just talking out? Well, that was Taylor that said that. that well, was that's a what comment. that's yeah, what yeah. the uh, Georgia um, 
What was the guy we were talking about from Georgia who was pro, uh, pro-abortion? Warnock. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd have uh, to look up his exact uh, words, but I saw it um, uh, yesterday. Well, he gave a sermon, okay? And basically, what, 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 and this is a quote, okay? This is, I didn't hear it, but uh, he, he, he gave a sermon back in 2011 entitled When Truth Meets Power. And he, he was telling people in the church to turn away from the pursuit of power and wealth in favor of a life of service. Now, nobody's going to have a big problem with that. That's good. But then he says, America, nobody can serve God in the military. You can't serve God in money. You can't serve God and mammon at the same time. You've got to choose who you're going to serve. So, um, oh, he said, and the military. I thought yeah. he said, in the military. No, he said, so, yeah, you can't was... serve God and the military. Uh, now, I don't know what he meant by that, yeah. to be honest with you. So, um, I, I haven't heard him elaborate. Uh, he's just basically saying you can't serve God and the military at the same time. But I don't know what he means by that. I mean, because that, see, without hearing him and talking to him, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair. I, I think it. It I thought he had said terrible. in the no. military, but yeah, and the military makes it seem like okay. Well, what did he did he mean exactly? Yeah, but uh, so again, I don't want to demonize it. I think he, there's some things that he said that are probably good. He he quotes the Bible: "You can't serve God mm-hmm. and money. You can't." So, and but Mark, again, you bring us to the end of another <laughs> program, man. It's yeah. So good to hear from you up All in right. Virginia. Thank you for Hang the call. Tight up there, okay? Right. Yeah. Uh, All right. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, excuse me, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening